Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I am Sunny. I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And of course, before we get too far in, we want to thank our patrons for supporting the podcast. So a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyberg, Josh Rosen, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet Defeat, Zephyrius, AD, Anthony Leela, Blackwing, Floodgate, Armor Master, Branded Fart, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine, Best Deck, I am McLincoln. If Caleb doesn't play Mind Dino, I will eat a UCT. Sorry, dude. Looks like I'm the UCT because I refuse to play Mystic Mind. I, I think you're just like, I think you just really want to eat it. Like, I think you just want to eat the cardboard at that point. Because you're not really punishing Caleb. You're rewarding him by the, making this happen to you. Keep in mind, if you just said Dino, that's different. It's specifically I refuse to play Mystic Mind. I refuse to devolve into that kind of degeneracy. I will. I'm sorry, Caleb, <laughs> but we tortured Sonny with our name so much I thought it was only fair if we included you. You are forgiven, my son. <laughs> Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Tierlement, Sprite, wake up, bro, we gotta leave for Edison. The Hoover Dam is a floodgate, unbanned number 95. Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Demolition Beaver, the Floodgate Destroyer, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Nordic Best Tech, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Praise be to Mystic Mine, our Lord and Savior. Protect Caleb at all costs. Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up, and wait, what? There's no way I can legally say that. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, we also want to take just a moment to go ahead and talk about some sponsory things. So if you want to support the podcast and you don't really want to get the Patreon because you don't really like want the monthly recurring thing, Good news, there's some awesome ways to still support us and keep this project on its feet. You can check out our TCG Player and Dragon Shield affiliate links in the description down below. 
All you have to do is click the link before you shop and then just shop like you would normally. Go ahead, add things to your cart, go ahead and buy them. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but we get a little bit of a kickback, about 3% of your purchase, which it isn't much, but it does add up and it does help out significantly. So go ahead and check out our TCG player and Dragon Shield affiliate links if you're looking for some new sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and things like that, or maybe those new cards to round out your new tier limit or sprite deck. So just go ahead and click it, shop, and we appreciate it. And also, of course, we want to shout out Millennium Threads. They're an Etsy shop and they deal with Yu-Gi-Oh apparel, things like hoodies, things like patches that you can sew onto or iron onto different things. They're all custom embroidered. They are cool as hell and I absolutely recommend that you check them out. They just did a really cool Gear Giano design for Distant Coder. Definitely worth checking out. If you're on Apple or Spotify, be sure to leave a like or a review. It helps us out tremendously if you are enjoying the show. And of course, if you are on YouTube, be sure to drop a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever you want to do. It just helps us out and leave a comment below. Let us know what you think about the things that we talk about. So I want to talk about what we're going to actually do today because we're doing a lot of different things. So we're going to start by we're going to bring back Cope or Cracked. Oh, yeah. So this was a segment that a lot of people liked where we go through we talk about some different tech cards in the format and discuss whether or not we think that they are actually good cards in general. Or people are just co- or just just eating lots of raw copium. Exactly. So the, those cards will either be copium or they will be cracked. Then a little bit later on, we have another segment. This is a brand new segment that we are very excited to show off. So... Be sure to stick around until a little later on the episode so you can see the new segment. And then we'll close it up with some mailbag questions. So let's go ahead and get started on Coper Cracked. I would love to talk about a very new card that we really haven't had a lot of discussion on. Well, I guess there's been a lot of discussion, but I haven't really seen it brought up as a major meta card to answer certain decks so let's talk about ultimate slayer Ooh, good old ultimate slayer uh so for those of you who do not know ultimate slayer is a new card that it's a secret that came out of the most recent set power of the elements it's a normal spell card i believe it's when your opponent controls like uh, fusion exceed or synchro or link you send or pendulum or pendulum you send that type of card from your extra deck to the graveyard to bounce it i believe spin it to spin it even well i guess in this case it's the, it's same, the thing. same thing yeah for extra monsters bouncing and spinning them are the exact same thing that is neither here nor here nor there overall you missed the best part about the card yeah it can't be responded to by monster effects right so it's got <laughs> kind of a dark ruler protection there yeah yeah um in addition, you know, but then of course after that you'd also get off the if the monster you send has any send effects, like the new uh what was it called? Uh Garura, the new Garura fusion monster. Right. Yeah, you send it, draw a card. Or if you you can send Intis to pop a card. Yeah. If or, you're playing against Lynx, you can send Trouble Sunny, I believe, lets you draw one and pop one. Yeah, or you could even or fun or funny. Um 
You could also send. Uh, crap! What's the name of that card? I'm I've just drawn a blank. It's gone. That's rough. Yeah, it happens. Uh, long story short, that for like all, f- all for all four of those types, there are valid, very good targets that get effects off when they're sent to the graveyard. Right. So, um, personally, what's funny is, I think that most of the time this card will be cope. I think this card reminds me a lot of other cards that seem good on the surface, but ended up not really being played for one reason or another. That seem good on paper. Right. Like Crossout Designator. Yeah, for sure. Or Triple Tactics Talent. Talent seems like the craziest card in the game on paper. And in reality, it's just kind of mid. I can't so, I'll put Ultimate Slayer down as Cope, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, the card's raw effect... It's crazy. It's crazy. But it, I, I think its actual utilization will be, will be Cope. Mostly because it's not a quick play, and there's also a lot of spell trap negates going around. Right, right. Non-monster spell trap negates, I should specify. Yeah. So you're you're landing in cope. Yeah. All right. Well, but, our... but just over that line. Right, right. Very close. All right. Our next card that we are going to talk about is offerings to the doomed. Okay. So. Offering to Doom is you pop a monster on the field and you skip your next uh, battle phase. You skip your next draw phase. Right. Quick play spell. I think that this card in in every situation except exactly one right now is Cope. Okay. If you're a Sky Striker player, it's cracked. So explain to me why it's really good in exactly Sky Striker. Okay. So in exactly Sky Striker, because first off, Let's just get that get the one of the cool things out of the way immediately. It's a spell, so it's just whatever. Uh, secondly, um, it counts it, towards your three spells in grave. Correct. So secondly, um, on the uh, if you're going first, you can activate Mystic Mind, set, you know, do whatever you want to do, set and pass. If your opponent has set and pass, if your opponent has access to the adventure package, as soon as that token is filled, pop the token. Yeah, it makes sense. And they can't drago back your uh, Mystic Mine. Right, because it's a quick play. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, that protects you protects you that way. And it also prevents... Uh, it, can, it, can, it, can, it can also prevent them from getting the Griffin, the Griffin Rider out as well, on top of that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty critical. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, yeah, you lose your draw phase. But does Striker really care about one draw Honestly, not really when you have your Kagaris to cycle back your spells and engages to get you a draw plus a search. Exactly. So if you're not Striker, it's Cope. If you are Striker, it's Cracked. Which is such a hilarious distinction. And what's even funnier is I remember watching a video earlier today on specific... No, yesterday on specifically uh, Offerings to the Doomed. Right. And this is the second time it's had meta relevance for like... A completely different reason than we had before, and I don't remember what the meta relevance was back then. That's such a shame, because I would love to know exactly why that card was good before. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have Foolish Return. I think it's Cope. So, Foolish Return is a quick play spell card that allows you to take one card in your opponent's graveyard and shuffle it back into the deck. So, Foolish Return is an interesting card. It first saw a rise in meta play... When Hani Jahari, previous guest of the podcast, Hani Jahari. Super at, cool dude. Go watch his stuff. Absolutely. Or go 
get him as a coach on Metafy because he doesn't really put out content. Fair enough. So Mahani was playing top eight at YCS. What YCS was that? I want to say that was uh, the one that we went to. No, we went to Charlotte. That was no, yeah, it wasn't Hartford, Charlotte. Connecticut. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, I think it was like the next one. Yes, it was. Yeah. So he's at YCS Hartford in a top 16, top 32, top 8 match, something like that. It was in top cut. And as he goes up to, as he's playing as this Eldritch player, he flips Foolish Return. And it was the crazy tech card. It was the goo. It was the spice. Yeah. But at that time, it was a lot more interesting of a card. Because at that time, Despia was the number one deck in the format. Yeah, and so what they would, and so what would happen is that if you were to, they would activate. Uh, what was the spell? That branded in red. It wasn't branded in red. Um, it was. It was. I think it was branded fusion, maybe. But it wasn't branded in red. The reason why is because one of their fusion spells can fuse from your graveyard or banished. So if you crow it, they they can still fuse. Because then it shuffles it back to the deck. Lubellion. Lubellion. Thank you. It was a specific counter card versus Lubellion that could also function as a crow against the um, Brandon and Red. So it could pull double duty. Right. Because if they activate Lubellion and you crow it, they just kind of shrug and go, cool, whatever, shuffle it back anyway. Um, right. It's either Lubellion or Albion. Yeah. I don't remember which one. I get all their names mixed up. Yeah. It... Blonde it's one of the fusion dragons. Yeah, Blonde one of the fusion dragons lets them shuffle back monster from the graveyard or banish zone to fuse. It stops that because you get rid right. of the, one of the major materials by shuffling back in the deck where it's stuck and they can't fuse. Um, it also gets rid of cool problem cards like Crow, like Snow, rather. I say Grummet Snow. Yeah, yeah, Fairytale Snow. Um, and then, of course, against Eldritch specifically, you can send back the Golden Lords or you can send back the traps before they have a chance in response to their. Well, before yeah. they have a chance to activate, because I think they banished his cost. They do banish his cost, but that yeah. was one of the things that he was able to do in that match was hit, actually, I think it was a Conquistador out of the graveyard yeah. before they could set the Scarlet Sanguine. So. Which is hilarious. Yeah, it, w- it was a heck of a move. Yeah. Um, DD Crow, however, outside of exactly Lubellion, is just better in every way. Yeah. It, I like DD Crow more personally. Yeah, but Foolish Return is a cool card. Yeah, but I uh, say I'll say Cope. I, I also say Cope. All right, next we have Stygian Dirge. Ooh, okay. So, uh, so for those of you who do not know, Stygian Dirge is a continue old continuous trap card. And we'll actually throw in Mischief for the Gnomes in here as well. It's the same. They're similar. Per, same concept. Uh, okay. So, uh, so Mischief, so uh, Stygian Dirge continuous trap card as long as face them on the field. Monsters uh, on on the field have their levels reduced by one. I think it's field and hand. It's just field. Okay. Mischief for the Gnomes, however, is a normal spell trap card that upon activation uh, reduces the, uh, the level of all your opponent's monsters in their hand by one. The level reduction stays even if they summon it. Hmm. Um, and then you can also banish it from your graveyard to do the exact same thing a second time. But you cannot activate both effects in the same turn. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so the whole point behind this card is actually specifically against Splite or Sprite. Um, and that if you flip either one of these cards, they cannot function anymore because they can't right. 
put a level two on board to start special summoning the sp sprites out of their hand, and they can't make gi uh, gigantic. Um, in my personal opinion, Stygian Dirge is actually probably cope, but I think Mischief is cracked. I would agree with that. I think Mischief is a better card. Dirge has the issue of being like a continuous spell. It can or kind of continuous trap. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of hurts your own deck. It's slow. It, it's... it can. It really depends on your on your individual deck. Right. Um. But the but like the biggest issue is with the Stygian Dirge. If your opponent Twin Twisters or Harpy Feather Dusters or Cosmic outs it, right? It's outed. Yep. But with the um, uh, but with the Mischief of the Gnomes, um, you just shotgun it, and your opponent can't do anything about it unless they have a Red Reboot in hand. Hmm. That's literally all they can do to stop it. Um, and then of course all then of course you they you know, kind of have to hard pass probably depending upon what they have in their hand, unless they have exactly starter. Um, and then on, and, you know, then come back to your turn, your turn. If you're not able to kill them and pass banish it, they have to go through that again. Yeah, for sure. So I am going to hop on Twitter real quick because we also got some pretty nifty replies on our Twitter page when we went on our Twitter page that you should be following and asked for more coke uh cope or cracked well we still have one more on that list before the Twitter sure well we'll go ahead and cover it yeah and the band played on I think this pretty similarly plays into Stygian Dirge and Mischief of the Gnomes yeah it, but it's but, a little bit different yeah so it's a continuous trap where uh as long as face on the field neither player can uh control mon two monsters at the same level that sucks so much for Sword Soul. Oh yeah, so it sucks so much for a lot of decks, actually. Um, so there's not a whole lot of decks that can actively run it properly. I think the only deck that can actually run it and not care about it is probably Tier Lament. Morenses mm. um, can kind of play around it, but it locks them out of uh, Bahamut Shark and uh, uh, Stealth Kragen. Yes. And then they also can't ever have two level fours on board at the same time but they can play around not doing that yeah um other than that though i, I think and the blade point and the band played on is also cope because it falls to the exact same issues that stygian dirge does where if your opponent has a twin twister or cosmic cyclone or a harpy's feather duster that's it it's gone right all right so let's start off with a question from twitter so here's one that they never see mentioned which is access code talker how do you feel about that card headed into the format so the thing about access code in my opinion it really depends on your actual deck yes that's fair because some decks can hit access code like it's like like it's their job math Mac. i'm looking at you math mac tri brigade was that way tri brigade was that way <clears throat> um uh at ignisters can do it really easily right code talkers can do it really easily uh, Salamangre can also do it very easily, but then you have other decks which should, on in theory, be able to do it, but can't. Like Marinces, uh, Splite can do it, but they'd much rather just make an Appaloosa and kill you slowly. Um, yeah. Just as a couple of examples there, uh, it don't get me wrong, the the card is ridiculous, but considering the two main decks of the format, I'm gonna say that right now Axis Code is actually cope. That's so interesting because for the longest time, Access Code was just the best boss monster in the game. Mm -hmm. And he went from being best boss monster in the game to cope. 
it's entirely due to right just just because right now we're go, about to go into a format where the two best decks in the room are going to be uh splite uh, into a sprite into a much lesser uh extent tier lament neither one of them care yes literally neither fair. one of them care about access code they don't care about making it they don't care if you make it that's i mean that's fair but access code is just so strong in certain decks especially yeah oh yeah yeah so like if your deck can pump out the access code do it do it um especially <laughs> do it. especially if you can do something stupid like pump out the uh, arrival at ignister and then use the arrival at ignister to make the access code to make him beefy 8300 yep that's beefy plus uh you plus actually i think actually i think uh at ignister is probably the only deck that can access all six pops probably yes um because it gets one pop per attribute okay so let's go ahead and let's take just a moment to and it's really early into the video yeah let's go ahead and knock it out of the way real quick right so let's thank our sponsor e2b games so a huge thank you to E2B Games in Alexandria, Louisiana for sponsoring this podcast and helping us out and helping make our dreams come true. This is awesome. We love doing this. So E2B Games is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs, such as Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon, etc. They have all of your singles and sealed products, as well as all of your sleeves, deck boxes, binders, playmats, etc., and they also have everything need, that you need for your tabletop gaming needs, such as figurines, paint for the figurines, the books, and all of the things that you need, and many, many more. As a matter of fact, not, I think, three months ago, I was actually able to pick up a Lilithmon, specifically the BT3-091 Lilithmon, as a field center for Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I love Lilithmon. She's one of my favorites. That's fair. Right up there with uh, Bialzmon and Gallantmon. That's fair. Or do come on if you're a purist. So if you're interested in ETB games, check them out. Their link is in the description down below. So let's go ahead and get on into something that is probably going to be pretty funny if I had to guess. So we're doing a Reddit review. So essentially, for those that don't know how this works is we will scroll through a particular subreddit. In this case, r slash Yu-Gi-Oh!, and, It'll always be Yu-Gi-Oh themed, I right. promise. And take one of the decks that is in that post, or one of the questions about a deck sometimes that are that is in that post, and we're gonna go ahead and try to answer their questions and things like that. So, or even just comment on what on what on what they're talking about. Right. So, and this person asks, "This is atheist of." Gallifrey asks why two player mats so many people in the community enjoy two player cloth mats and I just don't get it cloth over rubber is its own debate and both have merit but why would people go out of their way for the larger two player mats it's even more weird when you think about it because 99% of the time it's folded in half anyways making it no better than a normal one player mat but going further these sometimes have the those times I have seen a two-player mat all, all the way open, there's a giant ridge in the middle because it doesn't get open very often. Sure, in the old days of the game, it was more common because spellgrounds have been around in Magic for ages, and one-player mats were rare. But that's hardly the case anymore. And what's going on? You know, somebody explain it to me. I just don't get it. So the thing about the two-player mats is one. Let's be really honest here. 
It's a little bit of a clout thing. People want to flex their nice, expensive, oversized play mats. Mm -hmm. My thing personally is that I like my mat being a little larger. I don't fold it directly in half. I fold it off center. Yeah, it's more like, probably more like 65%. Yes. Something like that. So I would say that a lot of people just like them because it gives them a little bit more space. They feel like it does anyway. And it's just what they want. I personally don't own a two-player mat, but if I did, it would it would something that I would probably have at home just on my table. I mean, that's totally fair. Because then, you know, if my friends come over to play, play Magic or whatever, they don't need to bring a mat, just their cards. Yep. Unless they my friends got to bring to come over. Love to hear that. What are some underrated or forgotten boss monsters that deserve some love? Ooh, ooh. Such a great question. That's a really good one. Um, hmm. Okay, so boss monsters would... If they mean boss monsters and things that you would end on, like you go through your combo line, and that was the payoff. Right. There's a lot of good ones. There's also a lot of really bad ones. Oh, yeah. There's some terrible boss monsters. Like, uh... Honestly, uh, do you remember all of the elemental lords... Yeah, those weren't even boss monsters. Those were combo pieces at the time. At one point, they kind of became combo pieces, yeah. Yeah, um, but they were meant to be boss monsters. Right. Uh, and then later, they actually made a deck where they were the boss monster. Beat Saber. I mean, Element Sabers. Yeah, the Element yeah, the element Sabers, which was cool. Um, it's a really cool deck. I played it on uh, Master Duel. Cool deck. That's beside the point. Um... I mean, as far as actual boss monsters, I would probably say the most underutilized that's still good at the moment. Mm, I don't really know. Do you have any uh, that you can think of off the top of your head? Just forgotten boss monsters. I think Gear Geek and X is a great candidate. Well, he's not really a boss monster. He's more of a combo piece. He was intended to be the boss monster for that archetype. Yeah, but he became a combo piece. I guess. I mean, Zen Meister was supposed to be also be the boss monster for windups. Never got used. Right. Zen Mayo did. He became the new boss monster. Okay. So next. Didn't really answer that one, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, if I had to say a specific monster, I would probably say. I say I said Gergigan X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said Gigan X. Um. Gate Guardian. Uh, Madolce Queen Tiramisu. I was just about to say that, but I didn't want to steal your thunder. Yeah, because like she's in a like because like she's like arguably the best rank four in the game. One of them. Yeah, yeah, no, like he unarguably one of the best, arguably the best. Um, but she can only be made in exactly one deck, and she's not only a boss monster, she's also a combo a OTK combo piece. Right, right, which is hilarious. Next question: How do you sleeve your main deck? Do you do inner sleeves plus Japanese size outers? Do you do Japanese size sleeves plus full size outers? Or do you do Japanese size sleeves with no outers or inners? At the moment, um, I am doing, I personally am doing uh, just Japanese size and that's it. Gotcha. 
uh, in the past, I've done like Jap I've done like the inner sleeves and the outer sleeve. Um, I really enjoyed doing the Japanese size sleeve in a Japanese size oversleeve because they sell those now. Yeah. Now that Yu-Gi-Oh has like legalized uh, double sleeving. Right. Uh, but I'm just like it just made the deck way too bulky. Um, so I was like, I just rather just have single sleeve myself. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable to me. Uh, what about you? So I sleeve my main deck in Dragon Shield single sleeves, and I do my extra deck specifically in double sleeves. And to be fair, you have like what two starlights in there? Um, no, one starlight, but I've got a lot of ultis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my extra deck for Sword Soul is almost maxed. Yeah. So he kind of needs the double sleeving. Compared to me, where like the highest rarity thing I have in my extra deck is like the secret Kragen, secret right. Toad, everything else is ultra and below. Yeah. What's an archetype you think you could comfortably run pure? So no side engines or anything like that. No. Okay, does that include extra deck... Like extra mon extra deck monsters that aren't boss monsters. What do you mean? Does it include it? Because uh, main deck wise, you can run Marincess completely pure. So, like, I'm running an extra. Like, I personally am running an extra engine with the Silent Sea Nettles. Some people are running um, sharks and Silent Anglers, right? As just kind of a tertiary engine. You don't need them. Hmm. I've had games where I've cited out the Silent Sea Nettles. But the thing that, and then, you know, then, like, you've seen me go through my combo lines where it's just Marincess after Marincess after Marincess, another one, another one, another one. All of a sudden, I'll make a shark and then Toad, right. or I'll just make Stealth Kragen. Like, besides, like, like I only run five in my extra, I only run five monsters that aren't Marincess, and that's uh, Splash Mage and Area, who are just extenders if I run out of Marincesses. Uh, Bahamut Shark and Totally Awesome because they're because that's totally awesome and stealth kragen because he's awesome right right and that's all marincesses yeah definitely okay so and then i think you can probably get a, get a, get away with it in salad that was the other deck that i was thinking about with salad but they really like running like flame buffalo and lady debug honestly i don't even think the current builds are running those yeah um, and even then, that's not even really like a tertiary engine. It's just extra generic cybers extenders. Right. Okay. Spiral was a deck with lots of good components that didn't quite gel, but then Double Helix came out and shot the deck to the top of the meta. What other strategy is one good card away from being a contender? Hmm. I, now, this is a tough question. Yeah, because... Because you then have you kind of have to design the card that the that individual decks would need, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, hmm. Like I think, like me just kind of thinking about it, just like of the decks I've played. I mean, y'all can remember that the past three decks I've played that were like meta relevant, relevant where Bert was Bert up into Phantom Knights, into Dino, into Marincess. Uh, with some Adolce in the middle there somewhere. Um, right. In like when I, didn't have any, when I didn't have anything else in between decks. Um, like Adolce could use like another extender. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that would be very, very cool. Like literally all they need is a Adolce level four who's affected is you can split. If you control an earth monster, you can splash them in this card. 
Yeah, definitely. Or if you control Madolce, splash summon this card. Something like that. I also think that... I know that Fluffle is already a good deck, but I think Fluffle could also be considered like one card away oh, from yeah, being like yeah. a top tier deck. Definitely. I always go back to decks that would do well with a Link 1 in the deck, similar to what happened with Prank Kids. That's fair. So if I see a deck that could potentially have a Link 1, I'm just kind of looking at it like, hmm, interesting. Oh yeah, Madolji is definitely one of those decks that really wouldn't utilize Link 1, but they would like a special something, because they're an XC-spam deck. Yes, they have a Link monster, but it's it's board protection. Yeah. Alright, our next question. What is the greatest spell card in Yu-Gi-Oh's history? This, okay, so... This is kind of a loaded question, I'll be honest with you, because you have to wonder, do they mean greatest as in the... The single greatest in a vacuum, with nothing else around it? Right, or the one that accomplished the most. Or the one that's the most famous, even. Okay, so I have two that immediately come to mind. Okay, I'm here for it. Okay, uh, one of them is Super Rejuvenation. That is a good card. Because back in Dragon Roller format, you would activate Super super Rejuvenation, and then during your end phase, draw like half your deck. Yeah, I think you could literally draw like seven or eight cards a lot of the times. Yeah, and then the other one was the Spellbook. Spellbook of Judgment. That's it, yeah. Where it's like you activate this, then for every single spell card you activate this turn, you draw you, you search for another spellbook spell card. Right. And it surprised me that you didn't say pot of greed. Yeah, but it's only a plus one. Fair. What about graceful charity? It's only a one for one. But it's I mean, come on. Now in a now this now this is, you know. In a vacuum, though, those two are easily two of the best cards in the entire game. In a vacuum. Right. Outside of a vacuum, it's only a plus one. I would much rather just activate Super Rejuve throughout my normal stuff and draw like eight. Right, exactly. And go plus seven off of that card. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Oh, Soul Charge. Same. Actually, that's, actually, that's just a good card in a vacuum. I mean, that's why it's banned, yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. All right. The next question is, can someone recommend a good but also fun deck? Yeah, I think that there's several that we could recommend. I think what we've already talked about, Madolce is pretty solid. You know, it, I think that it's, Fluffle is something that we recommended. Yeah, both are fun. I've really been having a blast with uh, Marincess, actually. Right. Yeah, Marincess is also very good. And all of those decks are fairly budget friendly, if I'm not mistaken. Not Madolce. It is not budget friendly. That man said, "Not Madolce." No, because slons last time I looked were like fifteen a piece. Oh, jeez. Uh, and the common tiramisu's are like thirty. No. Last time I looked, the commons. Yes, because listen, they it had a listen it had the ultra and ulti print, the gold rare print, and then the common printing, and that's it. That's insane. Yeah, uh, Queen Tiramisu's are very expensive because they're uh, not exactly common to find. Just I mean, the idea of okay, well, they've gone down a lot. They're like, you know, six, seven bucks for the Jesus. Common. Yeah, where were those when I was building the Dolce? Yeah, I remember when you were building the Dolce and you were looking for them, and they were like, 
at least ten dollars for the commons. Yeah, no, they 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 uh capped out at like thirty for a while, and I was like, I've I've got my playset, I'm good. Right. I could also a really fun deck that's honestly not bad. It's been power crept a little, but it's a fun deck, and it's I I'll say it again, not bad. Mm-hmm. I would recommend Plunder Patrol, and if you can. If afford it, it's, Plunder Patrol Adventure. It's a little five-headed, but... It can be at time, yeah. yeah. Um, Dino is also really fun. The uh, the only expensive card in Dino is... No, you're not expensive anymore. You're not expensive anymore. No, prosperity. Not. That's literally it. And you don't yeah. have to run Prosperity. Yeah, you can run Extravagances, which are like five bucks. Right. Uh, and then the only expensive card in Marincess is exactly totally awesome. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, in recent developments, uh, some of the other Marincess cards have also spiked in price. I'm talking like double in price, but I'm talking like 50 cents to a dollar. Right. For $2 to four. Definitely. So why are decks playing Charmers? Depends so, on the deck and the Charmer. A lot of decks are running Charmers for different reasons. Right. So specifically, they're talking about they mentioned the Marincess playing a Charmer over something like Access Code. You might be well more equipped to handle this one. Oh, wow, you're really carrying this episode. I know. <laughs> okay, actually, um, actually, I- I've ran two decks that ran uh, Charmers. Because um, Medolce also runs an Oswa. Okay, cool. Okay, so one of the main reasons you would run a Charmer is actually specifically... It's not the main reason, but it's a really good one. It's actually specifically because of Contact C. Okay. So let's say in Marinsis, I normal summon blue tank, activate effect, chain Contact C. Okay. Which means I must now co- uh, commit to a link summon using the Contact C. Right. All my Marinsa, all my normal links demand that I have to use waters or Marincesses. Interesting. So in that situation with with specifically blue tank, I can then go cool. Link to an area, and I still get off my blue tang uh, search. Right. Well, ex- my my blue tang's a pot of duality effect. Right. Yeah, it puts me back because I can't return to my hand or anything, and it's not great, but it gets the job done. Yes. And then in specifically Medolce, if you're pl- if you know your opponent's playing Medolce, if you see your opponent go normal summon um, Medolce Magellan and you ha- and you're going and you're thinking of contacting him, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't. Right, because then it can just immediately go into Asa. Yeah, because then they'll make Asawa, effective Asawa, steal your contact, steal the contact seed back, and then go into a rank three. Right. For free. That's funny. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, but then there are other reasons as well. Um, one thing I've actually done against Sunny specifically. Yep. Was I made it was uh in uh Marincess, I couldn't I didn't have enough gas to go into my go into a link four. So, but I had enough gas to pump out an area and a and a rank four. Mm-hmm. Link um, four, or uh, not? Uh, I'm, so I linked to an area, stole his only Moji in his graveyard. Oh right, yeah. And then may and then and then use it to make Kragen. Right. So you didn't get it back until you had a Kragen. And a lot of people like running Hita, the Fire Charmer, the Blazing or Ablaze, mm-hmm. which is the Fire one, obviously. Yeah. And. Uh, what they can do is uh, you see this in Sky Striker a lot, and they'll go, they'll summon Hita, <laughs> steal an opponent's Ash Blossom, and then go up into a maybe another a different Link Two or into a Link Three. Yeah, 
Um, oh, oh, I for example, they can go into if they have a way to go into Hita, then they can go Hita and Ash into Hauki Fibrax. Yeah. Hauki Fibrax grab effect veiler. And then make Celine a uh, Celine revive effect veiler. And then make, make access, access code. code. Yeah. Right. So the the charmers serve a specific niche set of uses in various different decks. Right, exactly. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like as long as you can put their attribute that you that is needed to make them on board, it's it, I think it's well worth the one slot to run them. Right. Um like another like another funny thing you can do with, that I can do with specifically uh with area in the mirror is if my opponent has like a Pascalis in the grave or something or like one of the, another branches, I can steal it and Sticking under a Kragan and they can't get it back. Yeah, the Charmers really do have a lot of really cool niche cases and uses. Something else I can do is I can do that and then enter battle, crash the area, and then search for a water monster. Right. And search for literally any uh, water mon- literally any uh, Marenses, because they're all under the uh, the maximum requirement for the search. Right. All right. Next we have Mathmech or Exosister for the next format. Mathmech. I. I'll say Mathmech, but not as quickly as you are. I'm a little bit more hesitant. Uh, my only issue with, well, my number one issue with uh, Exosisters is that they kind of just die to splite, but they're almost an auto win against uh, Tier Lament. I don't think that they auto die to sprite at all. No, not not quite auto die, but they they. They have a rough time, but it's almost an auto win against against a tier limit because I think it's really got a very good matchup against both decks. If I'm being honest with you, not as the sprite matchup is not as quite as good, but it's still very good. Yeah, because like their whole shtick is I want to I want you to activate graveyard effects, and as soon as you do, I'm just gonna start doing stuff, and you can't stop. Right, me. right. Well, you can stop me because you know two toe negates plus the plus a four plus a multi negate Appaloosa. Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So, how many decks IRL? How many decks do you have? Um, I only so I normally only have one, technically two decks. One of them is for a much older format. Uh, yeah, I which, usually yeah I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um, however, I currently own the cores to Dino, uh, Shadal, Madolce, I BA. I, yeah, burning. But well, not just burning abyss. It's like the PK burning abyss. Right. Pile. Right. Uh, but I don't have adventure stuff. Right. And then I also have the three structure deck. I also got three of the stru- the Despy structure deck in my... Uh, I have a binder that's just cores. I have those in there, too. I got you. And then I have Marenza's Bolt right now. So I have, kind of like you said, a lot of the Despy core from the structure deck, if that counts. I have Sword Soul put together right now. I have a full Tri-Brigade core hand- hanging out. I have deck cores, maybe like six or eight deck cores for Edison format, a couple for Plant Synchro, a couple for the like 20, 2014 Nationals format. So I have a lot of retro decks put together, but I don't really have side decks fleshed out for them and everything. Which is fair. Um, so. Yeah. That being said, I can build... Uh, warriors for like goat. I can I can build warriors and chaos warriors, but not goat control. Ah, because I don't have um the fusions and I don't have metamorphosis. Right, right. 
Um, and then for Edison, and then for Goat, I actually have Pac-Man built. Uh, and then for Edison, I have Pac-Man. Oh, what a terrible plot. <laughs> All right, let's do a little bit of mailbag, and then we'll wrap it up. Woo! What do you guys think is actually in the Mystic Mine? Is there actually gold in them hills, or is the gold maximum? We need answers. Okay, the gold is maximum, but there is no gold in them hills. All that is within the mine that is Mystic is just raw, unprocessed, grade A degeneracy. True. And with these, and the only thing that can mine it is a bunch of copium pickaxes. True. Okay. Do you believe Sprite will be significantly less powerful in the TCG since Maxi is banned? It will be. I don't think it'll be. It will be less powerful, but like not like significantly. You know what so, I mean? Like I don't think it's going to be tier zero like it almost was over in OCG land. I honestly think that it will be at the top of the metagame, but not tier zero. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever. I don't think it'll even approach it. It got close in a uh, over in G, over in the OCG. It got real close. Sprite. Yeah. Sprite at one point had ninety seven percent representation. Oof. It was way past tier zero. Yeah, never there. mind. Yeah. Sprite, and then right after Sprite got hit, Tier Element did it. Yeah. Um, because of the Shizu stuff is. They've had two tier zero formats in the last like six months over there. Yeah, it's crazy, and, and all they really did for that I remember for hitting uh, Sprite was hitting. They banned totally awesome. That's it. They just banned Toad. Yeah, and I think that this is going to make people also realize how crazy Swap Frog is. Oh yeah, no Swap Frog is a ridiculous card, but I can see Swap Frog getting limited. Honestly, there is actually one funny thing I can do with Toad that I now we're talking about totally awesome real quick and Marincess. And that whenever it activates, effect attribute to negate. Yeah. I can then activate its graveyard effect to just add a princess back to my hand. Yeah, you could. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I know that today's episode is a good bit shorter, but if we're being honest here, I am personally, I'm extremely tired. Yeah, you're falling asleep over there. Shush. You don't have to go that <laughs> into detail. I may have been zoning out a little bit earlier in the episode before I got a cold compress on my head to wake myself up. But the point is, I'm here and I'm awake now, for now, but I'm really tired from a long work week. I don't have a really have an end in sight. And as soon as we get off work, as soon as I get off work Friday, we're leaving to go out of town to go to the Fort Worth Regional. We're going to spend the night in Fort Worth Friday night and be at the regional all day saturday and then driving home saturday so it's just constant work week right back into more Yu-Gi-Oh. so yep and then right probably right back into another rough work week yes yes because i don't have a good one they're all rough one day off yes this week was actually supposed to be my vacation week but i'm working all the way through my vacation week for the sake of having more money for niagara fair because that extra paycheck is gonna be hot Oh, yeah. So, but I am exhausted and I am tired and I'm doing it all because I really enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh! And I really want to go see all my friends. By the way, if you're at the Fort Worth Regional, hit us up on Twitter. We're going to have, we're going to post a picture on Twitter when we get there to kind of let everybody know what we look like and what we'll be wearing and stuff. So if you want to meet up at the Fort Worth Regional, let us know. We'll be there. We'll be hanging out and we would love to 
sign play mats and cards and all that awesome stuff that people apparently want us to do for some reason it surprises me every single time it's happened yeah every time somebody walks up and like oh y'all are the top cut podcast guys can you sign this card i'm like absolutely i don't mind at all i don't think that i'm cool enough but i don't mind at all i appreciate the thought i like that you think that we're cool enough <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, of course, thank you all so, so much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back Tuesday with another episode, probably recapping regional and stuff like that. So if you're like I said, if you enjoy the content, man, be sure, please be sure to go ahead and, you know, check out our Patreon, use the affiliate links, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube because we really need our numbers up because I, I would love to stroke my ego be sure to check us all out everywhere that we are um we put a lot of love and effort into this podcast and i I know i'm rambling a little bit but i i really love this podcast i love doing it i love coming here into the studio late at night recording and putting it out and it's just it's just a blast i love the community that has sprung up around this podcast I love all the friends that I've made all over the world. I really, really, truly am so, so thankful to have this in my life. Um, I'd say that it's probably about the third best thing in my life behind my wife and my son. So, you know, they get they get one and two, but it's close. <laughs> not, it's not that close, but I love you all to death and I am I'm happy to be here. So. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.